welcome to the shutdown forecast. Uh, man, we got we got a crowded room right now. So crowded. We got our usuals. Uh, say hi, Jason Kirk. Hey, what's happening? Uh, do we have a Ryan live from Brooklyn? Oh yeah, you do. You lucky. You lucky so and so. So I think lucky so and so that we are setting a record. This is the furthest we've ever podcasted. This is the the shutdown forecast. So it's a record for one because we have uh, a party on the west coast. We have a party on the third coast, and we have a party who is currently on the east coast in New York. So we are triangulated as far as we have ever been for a recording, a record. We also have another record. This is going to be the first shutdown five cast, y'all, because uh, joining us on the west coast, I just happen to have uh, Holly Anderson right here. Hi. And uh, John Boys of the internet. Hey. <laughs> With palpable excitement. So I'm going to go vape now. All right, so John's going to sit here and vape and occasionally chime in with things like, food is good. All food is good, which is something John said just like three seconds ago. That's true. Uh, I thought it was most food is good. No, he said all. Wow. You guys agree with most, that's what I said. This is also why John is not in charge of FDA inspections anymore. He just looks at beef and he says, that looks good. Go ahead, sell it. Actually, as of last week, John is in charge of FDA inspections. Oh, God damn it. That's fine. That's the most clarity I've ever had on John's job. So That's the magic of John. The uh, business this week, by the way, we have a, a special thing. We did do the EDSBS fundraiser last week. Thank you all. We uh, ended up over the weekend top of $40,000 for the week. Uh, Michigan did win again because Michigan always wins these things. So thank you and go blue. But we also would like to remind everyone we totaled like ninety two grand on the year. Y'all raised ninety two grand, And for that... We have uh, special cookies and treats for uh, those who donated over $100. Uh, Ryan, explain the uh, Big Baller hotline. Um, it's a hotline, and if you donated over $100, you called it and left a message, and now you're going to get to hear yourself on our podcast, which I don't recommend, but it's your money. I can't control you. It didn't have enough people, so we had to cram in. Y'all yeah, too. yeah. So now we have 17 more people bringing the podcast total to 22. That's right. We can field an offense and a defense. This is the worst football team. That's right. We have the y'all 22. The y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Oh, good. You don't have anything better. No, I've got nothing better. But we do have, I believe, uh, questions to get through. Many, many questions. So Shut down six cast. Hi, Doug. Shut down six cast. Doug Gillette just walked in the room. Good God. We have a lot to do, go through. So um, we should just go ahead and, and start. Gentlemen, l- lay the questions. Hi, this is Cocky Bovine from Parts Unknown. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I've got two questions. Uh, the first question is this. It's pretty much a given that Blaine Kiffin is going to be involved in some unseemly behavior this season, possibly multiple incidents. What's your prediction as to the most law-worthy unseemly behavior that he's involved in? Well, he's at FAU. If he gets into trouble, will anyone notice it? Uh, yes, because Boca Raton is... I learned today, strictly regulated. Boca Raton does not allow any Walmarts or Costcos in the city proper, and you can't have an outdoor car dealership. How are you going to have all those old people in no Costco? Outdoor car dealership. I Well, the indoor car dealership is where the action really is, I think. That's like that's like the garage in Fast and Furious, where it's like, <laughs> you can pick any of these toys you want. But you can't take them to Walmart. But don't drive them through the Costco. Yeah. Although in, in Boca Raton, wouldn't it just be like Lincoln Town Car? Here's a Lincoln Town Car. And then there's another Lincoln Town Car. It's souped up with a CD changer. So yeah, I think I think Lane Kevin is going to run afoul of some incredibly minute municipal code about, you know, painting his house the right color or wearing the wrong the wrong polo on Thursday. Oh shit, he put a Costco at midfield. <laughs> I think since there's so much attention on him, he knows the feds are watching. Um he's gonna try to lay low and he's gonna do an okay job of it. And then come next year the story's gonna be wow, the redeemed mature Lane Kiffin, the process worked, it took, and that's when like the oh he shat in a pool scandal drops. Two words. Two words. Boat accident. Boat. Oh, is that how Monty goes? Shit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Second question is, if Michigan finishes third in the in the Big uh, Big Ten East again this year, is it going to be okay to call him uh, Mason Blue Butch Jones? Thanks. Oh, God. That... And, and the answer is no, because people at Michigan actually want to keep Jim Harbaugh. Just mean-spirited. Jesus. Hi, this is Kevin from Texas. And the question that I want answered is two-parter. Uh, who is the best college football, football coach uh, as a, an additional passenger on Mimi from uh, the, uh, the Voyage of the Mimi television series? And which college football coach would be the worst additional passenger? Thanks very much, and I'll look forward to listening to it. Best is a hard because lots of college football coaches, you know, talk about go, go getting through tough times, but certainly crashing your scientific vessel is one of them. Uh, lots have figured out how to make something out of nothing, which is essential when you're stranded on an island. But I went with Pat Fitzgerald because if you were to say, like, who can turn a normal uh, student experience crashing it into the rocks and then somehow emerging a survivor, that feels like Northwestern football most years. I, Holly, if you have an opinion, you're welcome to it, but I, I have I have a bad one, so. I was going to go with Matt Rule, actually, just because it seems like he is willing to make the best of any shitty situation. Uh, and for worse, man, I all of them. Butch, Butch Jones, again, because he, you know, I hate to return to this well, but he provides no tangible value in anything so far that we can figure out and imagine how dense that man is like he's literally just dead weight on a boat you could use him as an anchor well i feel like he'll sink like a cannonball made of vegan bread i feel like butch jones would sink to an inconvenient depth right like <laughs> three like he would sink to five inches from the surface where he's like i'm seven drowning but bottom. i'm so yeah but seven inches from the bottom so like you couldn't use him as an anchor but he couldn't also like not drown so yeah uh, my answer for worst is Bobby Petrino, because the minute you're in a survival situation, you know he's whipping off his pants and being like, we got to repopulate the earth. That's all we can focus <laughs> on. Don't think about who who's left behind. It's can time to move forward. Sub question here and ask ourselves which Petrino would be worse, because I can make a strong case for Paul. Well, yeah, Paul. I mean, with Paul, this the uh, emergency is going to end quickly and bloodily. Imagine having having to depend on Paul in a crisis in closed quarters. Look what he did in the kitty dome. Damn. Hey, uh, this is Wes, WES, at Not West Hunt. And uh, my question for y'all was, uh, between uh, Georgia Tech's 2015 terrible season, the Falcons blowing up the Super Bowl, and the I-85 bridge collapse, what's the next thing that's going to collapse in Atlanta? Uh, appreciate it. Go Jackets, and to hell with Georgia. Creflo. Yeah, yeah, Creflo. Already, is, already happened. Already happened. Ti and Tiny. The Creflo statue is yeah. coming down. Yeah, Ti and Tiny are, are done. So love is officially dead. That's over. Although oh. Gucci, Gucci and his wife appear to be real happy. So I'm not going to wish that on them and say that'll be the next collapse. They're they're going to carry through this. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much the first couple. That's a good. That's a good point. Like the robot butthole, the first yeah. time that they try to open it or close it, it'll probably, you know what? It would be the most Atlanta thing in the world. There's an Instagram just devoted to uh, chicken wings, like chicken, if chicken, chicken wing wings. Got, if a chicken bone got stuck in the place. Yeah, if they pulled that out and they were like, yeah, there's a wing stuck like in the hinge. Somebody's up there just wings. And it'll definitely be when they try to close it, when they're like, oh, rain's coming. Don't worry. We're prepared for this. Oh, no. I mean, it's a, the, the roof is only delayed by a month so far. Only a month. So far. <laughs> yeah, that, that that will be the next Great Atlanta Collapse. You, you heard it here first. Hey, y'all, this is Clay. Uh, I donated on behalf of NC State. Uh, I have a few proposals from which y'all can choose. First, uh, shirtless Jake Robinson, everybody's favorite shirt-spinning NC State fan, uh, should be given lifetime rights to seats in the front of the student section at Carter-Finley and a platform from which to spin his shirt uh, given the event of a win. Uh, item two, some lucky fans should be designated the shirtless fan for each season. Uh, or item three, they should just uh, build a dang statue to shirtless Jake somewhere in the stadium. Uh, thanks. I'll hang up and listen. If yes. you can get them to build a statue, I Wait, mean, yes to all can of them. Can we back up and explain to John who shirtless Jake Robinson is? Yes. I want to know. Yes. Shirtless Jake Robinson. Uh, what was the year on this? Was this 2013? 
Uh, sure. No, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think it's earlier. I think it was like 2011 or 12. Yeah. yeah. People listening to this podcast make that kind of distinction. Somebody. It I was, guarantee. I'll tell you this. It was old enough that last year when NC State was doing good against, uh, I guess, Florida State, we tweeted it out and like so many of our followers had never seen it before. They thought it was happening right now. And I was like, <laughs> Holy shit, I'm old. I'm so old. Yeah. The kids don't get my gifts anymore. I will just say this. If you can get people in the South to build a statue of somebody who's not a white supremacist, you go ahead and get them to do it. Can it be an animatronic statue? Can you, like, put a dollar in it and the, the shirt will twist around? Yeah. Yeah. I would do a fountain, like, spun around mm-hmm. as if it were the towel. Yeah, like a sprinkler, like right? A weather vane it's a no, sprinkler. No, no, no. Let's go bigger. Make it a ride. Kids can sit in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the stratosphere in Vegas. Well, look at NC State's. NC State's already got that Disney ass entrance. This would go perfectly in their concourse or something. That's true, and and the wolf does look like some sort of fifties Disney villain of sorts, like a problematic one who, like, a woman in a skirt would go by and go, "Oh, right. like, <laughs> like, why is a why is a wolf like 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 lusting after a human like that?" And then That's he's weird. like, "Listen, if you think I'm bad, you should look at the Kansas mascot. All right." <laughs> <laughs> Song of the South ass mascot. <laughs> this next question comes from a, a very dear friend of the podcast. Hey y'all, Josh Black. So one of my favorite things about college football is funny losses. Like when your team doesn't score an offensive touchdown and you still beat the eventual national champion. Or when you kick a game-winning field goal, but the other team's coach calls a timeout, so you have to kick a game-winning field goal again in their stadium to beat them again. But what I'd like to talk about is Alabama. So Alabama hasn't lost a whole bunch under Nick Saban, but when they do, it's pretty funny. So what I'd like for you guys to do is briefly discuss your top five favorite Alabama losses of the Nick Saban era. I know the kick six is probably going to be in there a bunch, but there's some other great choices as well. So I'd love for us to just take a trip down memory lane. For purposes of answering this, let's just ooh, take ooh, let's take ooh. the kick six off the table. Let's assume that that is a favorite, but let's talk about our five others. I don't know. I'm, I'm going deep and I'm going back and I'm talking about Nick Saban's first season. Let us savor the billboard-inducing loss to Louisiana Monroe. Ooh! Okay, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a fine vintage. I, I, I'm going to pick one that I don't think anyone else will pick, so I'll else go next. Um, I'm going to go with, of, of the of the old Miss losses, I'm going to go with the home loss, the loss in Tuscaloosa. A, because it was it was built on the premise of like, well, Nick Saban's certainly not going to lose to these jackasses a second time. And B, it was full of so much amusing nonsense that Alabama fans got to feel aggrieved and like, well, you know, if it wasn't for all those turnovers, we probably would have we probably would have won that one. I don't know. I don't know what, what game you're playing here. That's bullshit chess. That's what you won. I'm going to go with the 2010 Iron Bowl. When um, Bama's up 24 nothing after playing songs, taunting Cam Newton, um, made some made, allegedly profited off of his likeness, um, and then uh, went on to lose that game after being up 24 nothing. If you think about it, the Lord profited off of Jesus' likeness. Mm-hmm. So... Cecil Newton profited off of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> See, who's, who's the man behind the man behind the man? I'm going to go State. Because you know how they beat them? On the ground. They beat the crap out of the trenches. And that's not supposed to happen against no Big Ten team with inferior athletes. <laughs> and Zeke Elliott rip. Oh, God. That long run. That long run's a narcotic. Because you know what? You can pass Alabama. You know what they get to do? They're like, well, I don't know. You weren't calling it. And that was just a bunch of bullshit, fruity ass, throw the ball. You know, that ain't football. Ohio State ran them over. They ran them over. There's no argument with that. It's not like, well, y'all weren't calling holding. You're like, funny. You go 60 yards on one play. Also, it gave Ohio State fans like a chance to just be do like the most obnoxious thing they get to do. Which is they have one like one joke when they beat an SEC team, which is good because it gets dusty. They have to polish it off every now and then. 
um, which is, you know, like, oh, hey, hey, you, the union won twice. Well, yes, that's cool. I appreciate you taking great moral conflict of our nation and trivializing it for the football reference. Hold on, let me sip while that's not my problem. I mean, Ole Miss does that too, so. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everybody who beats Bama gets to say some problematic shit about the Civil War. I also want to point out that this uh, produced the greatest piece of sports writing ever on Twitter, and I don't remember who wrote it, and I'm sorry about that, and my phone's right here, and I'm too lazy to look, but whoever it was who described Zeke Elliott's running style as haunted downhill shopping cart. (laughs) (laughs) That's Cardale Jones, right? Oh, was it Cardale? I think it was Cardale. God, there were so many runs that went over, under, and through Alabama in that game that it is hard to recall. Yeah. I want to end on this. I'm going to give you a passing line from a Alabama opponent, and I want you to guess the game. 17 completions on 20 attempts, 201 passing yards, one interception, three touchdowns. Um, no, no, no. I, I know this one. That's Steven Garcia. That's Steven Garcia going yes. 17 to damn 20 against an Alabama defense. Steven Garcia's from Tampa and loves to drink. <laughs> that performance was kind of like when uh in old school when wolf barrel answers the very difficult debate question and everyone's like wow that was amazing what happened where was i, I, I yeah, all he was doing they were just throwing fades to alshon jeffrey it was the best because they couldn't stop Lattimore on the run he was getting just enough on the run they'd creep up maybe one on it was just like yeah you can't stop that too bad sorry checking it up that's funny. I thought you DBs were better than this. I guess old Alshon ain't going to be pumping gas for a living. Hey there, guys. This is Brooks calling from Venice, California. I'm looking forward to that uh, matchup with my Michigan Wolverines and uh, Spencer's Florida Gators at Cherry World. And I was just wondering how you guys see that game going and what are some things that uh, we can look for in that game. Let us know that the season might uh, – go well for either team or for both teams uh it seems like both teams were replacing an awful lot this year uh go blue can i be honest and say that i forgot that this game was a thing until this question got submitted i also mm. forgot this too i think i've been thinking about bama florida state i was thinking about bama y'all uh, yep. where, it where, happens where, where is this game being played this game is being played in the jerry dome and holly is right though we have bama florida state and this is basically if you asked your parents for Bama, Florida State for Christmas, and they were like, oh, but this one's $50 cheaper. Let's get them that. We got Michigan, <laughs> Florida. It's just as good. This game is TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> well, the only thing this game has going for it over Bama and Florida State is it is an actual rivalry between two different states, and it's Belusa, Tallahassee. Yeah, I have, I have answers. Uh, how will it go? Florida will lose. How well, uh, what should you take away from it for either team? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Forward now. Aside from their dignity. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> how dare you? Michigan won this fundraiser. They did. I'm, I'm giving them the game. Problem. I'm, I'm how daring, Doug. Okay. Yes, this is Kimberly Swigert, uh, Kimberly SN on Twitter. Um, I am the Gamecock who donated and just enough to be considered a, a high roller. Um, and actually, I just want you to give the Gamecocks a shout-out on the show. You don't have to talk about much. Although, I would be super curious if you get to talking about uh, airports or flights at all. Um, it would be very interesting to hear uh, Jason's worst story about his time at the airport, because it sounds like he has one that is worse than all of Spencer's put together, and I'm sure Ryan always gets to the airport on time and never has any trouble. But anyway, I just wanted to say I love your podcast. And I'm very happy to be able to support uh, the cause and support your fundraising. And hope y'all have a good day. Bye. So um, this one time, I, uh, I I I I ordered a pizza at the airport, and it was super hot, and it was too hot to uh, to eat before I got on the plane. Um, so I had to take it onto the plane. That was kind of a pain. That's the worst I mean, I mean, I mean, heat, heat does play into your worst airport stories. So. <laughs> nah, so um, uh, I, uh, I'm from Georgia. That's the first thing you should know. Um, so going to the airport to get on the plane to New York City for meetings and um, going through security. And uh, next thing I know, there's a cop towering over me to say, do you know why there's a weapon in your bag? 
and uh, I, I I certainly didn't. Um, and I, st- you know, honestly, I still don't know. But there was a gun in my bag. I I literally do not know how it got in there. I have theories, but I didn't put it in there. I didn't intend to take it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I spent two days in jail in Fulton County. Fuck Fulton County. Um, Wait, was it Clayco? Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize, Fulton. I was thinking Fulton for some What's reason. Not, I, I will not impugn the good name of Fulton. Fuck Clayco. <laughs> Uh, Fulton, 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 buddy, you could have walked out Fulton of Fulton. Fulton can't hold you. <laughs> Fulton <laughs> can't hold anybody. Shit, Fulton, I could have recorded a TI video there. Um, the, the unfortunate thing is, I'm pretty sure if Spencer did the same thing, somehow he would still make his flight. Yeah, he would have been at the meetings on time. He would have yeah, I, uh, I remember this. I When I was sitting there in the holding cell, somehow for some reason I still have my phone, so I to spread the good news, I emailed... I had to email somebody from work to let them know I'm not going to be making the meetings <laughs> that I'm in charge of. Um, so who do I email? Let's see. I have like four bosses. Which one do I choose? I'm going to go with Spencer because I trust him to translate uh, a Georgian gotten some gun trouble to, you know, a bunch of people from New York and D.C. And it worked out. It did. Now, this is, by the way, why I will not speak like large of Georgia's extremely militant gun lobby because... They got a friend of mine off. <laughs> yeah, that happened too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, man. We uh, somehow <laughs> landed a, like, top ace gun lawyer who, like, sprang me nice and relatively swiftly and was, like, super about getting the piece back. And I'm like, well, you got me out. That's that's the, that's the most important thing. Like, yeah, 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 sure. Now let's talk about getting this gun back. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in the story and the development I was talking to you and I'm like so man what about the charges you're gonna get those expunged he's like yeah man but like they're really fixated on getting the gun back and I'm like I'm so glad that the lawyer's like is the gun okay was did you read gun? did you read the gun it's rights you did not interesting because <laughs> yeah, guns like, are as you know guns are recognized as people under Georgia yeah. law guns are people yeah like I'm walking out and he like stiff arms me we gotta get the gun I'm going in <laughs> Isn't it, isn't it fair to say this gun is a kidnapping victim? Isn't that way one way to look at it? <laughs> you lost the gun? <laughs> Throw him back! Um, thank you, Jason, for sharing that extremely wonderful story. Because I know it's you, you, you pulled a Barry Switzer. I want you to know that's how cool that story is. You have something in common with Barry Switzer. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, one of the Duke fans on the board. After looking at this, I'm just kind of curious. If you could script the college football season like, you know, the wrestling people do or whatever, what would you set up as your final four for the most entertainment and the most drama? Uh, thank you so much for what you do for us and for New American Pathways. And if you get a chance, throw a squirrel to a friend in Maryland. He'd probably want one. Thank you. Can't wait to hear it. Hmm. Well, Bama's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we are we talking about entertainment on a football scale or entertainment on a making jokes on the internet scale? Holly, what kind of podcast is this? A college football podcast, but it's our college football podcast, which yeah. is why I asked the question. Yeah, so yeah. bullshit jokes is the answer. Bullshit nonsense jokes. You. Okay. I guess what I'm asking is does this need to be realistic? Does it it doesn't it doesn't stipulate that. So I'll start with I'll start with Jim Mora and UCLA because I think it would be very funny <laughs> okay, to watch so U- UCLA. No. Hold on, let me finish. I think it'll be very funny to watch UCLA in the college football playoff with a Jim Mora who still doesn't want to be there anymore, who still wants to get out and will just be you know you know how Nick Saban's always kind of sour and he says it's because he's missing recruiting time? For Jim Mora, he is the recruit hoping that an NFL team We'll give him a scholarship. I feel like Fleck isn't easy to just because we have to go to press conference. Correct. Also, it will be really good if Minnesota makes the it makes the college football playoff before Michigan does. No, that that's the other thing I was going to say. It's a Big Ten team in the playoff that is not Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. Or oh God, I hadn't even I didn't even want to utter those words into being. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm just going to request Navy. Ooh, because that's good. everyone get, would get all fired up, like, oh, let's support the troops. And then they cut it on, you know, like, average casual fan cuts it on, like, okay, what the fuck am I watching? What, what is the, this? What the fuck are the troops doing? 
Winter... Why are the troops all running into each other? So we've got Minnesota Navy, UCLA. Spencer, give us a fourth. No, I, I want to put an SEC team there. Arkansas. And... No, I... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to mess this whole thing up. Put old Bertram in there. <laughs> and, then, and then Navy beats Arkansas in the national championship game? Man, yeah, this is a rating. Yeah, this is fine. a ratings disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves car chases. <laughs> if if Navy plays Arkansas in the national championship game, what do you think the average weight difference of the players is? Whew, one hundred and fifty pounds. Four hundred pounds. Also, and how in the world do they string that game out to four hours they with like a running clock the entire time? Okay, let me- let me break this down for y'all because let, let's talk about the size, just size differential here. Arkansas loses this game in the way that the United States lost in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> purely, purely in terms of like tactics and they're going to have, I'm not saying that Navy players are going to be like digging, like, you know, digging into the field and creating trap doors that they can spring out of, but they're training in tactical warfare. Also, totally depleted morale among uh, Arkansas fans. That that can happen. I, if I was actually seriously lining up on this, and I just wanted to do like pure gas, right? Like, of what, like, what this might actually look like. A couple of curveballs. USC twelve because USC is fucking fun. They are really fun. They should be in every serious ball game because they aired out, have phenomenal athletes. Texas A and M out of the SEC. Just when you think Kevin Sumlin's done. Oh wow. Just when you think. Get another mega contract out of those oil barons. Oh, flip the script on you by losing the national title game. Uh, the other ones, uh, I, I think you would have to put the most exciting ACC team out of there. Uh, Virginia kept. Oh, what, sorry. Two, what, what the hell are you doing? How did those words get out of your mouth? Which is funny because you said the first word I was going to say. Virginia Tech under oh, Justin Fuente okay. finally oh, getting in yes. there. Yeah. And who else? Memphis again. <laughs> I mean, damn, that's, that's a. It's fine. That's an aggressive pick. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, ooh. What if nobody from. What if the Outlaw can't watch pick come from another conference? Hey, you know what? We're just messing around. You Willie Taggart's Oregon. Ooh. Oh, Shantae. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. And she stepped on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Marvelous. Marvelous. Oh, yes, gentlemen, Lewis Winthorpe here. I'm speaking to you from the uh, High Roller Club brought to you by Nike. And I was having a discussion this evening with some of my fellow High Rollers. We thought that while you are a relatively impoverished gentleman, you might be able to add some perspective. The question is, gentlemen, what is it that makes the greatest of boosters? Is it the booster's money alone? <laughs> Surely not. Otherwise, Phil Knight would be the greatest booster, and we all know how patently ridiculous that is. Is it the winds of the university? No, I don't think so. Otherwise, some used car dealer in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Dothan might be the greatest booster there is. No, gentlemen, there is something else, an X factor, and that is what we ask you. What is it that makes the greatest of boosters. And then, gentlemen, who is the greatest booster? <laughs> Ta-ta for now, gentlemen. Off back to the club. Man- mainly money, but mostly something else entirely. I mean, I think to be a great booster, you, you, have, to, you have to be both uh, good at your day job and a total asshole about your day job, right? Which is why Joe Jamel is the greatest booster of all time. <laughs> Remember... Joe Jamel's quote after the 66-3, Route 66 loss to UCLA uh, was calling the president up and saying, I put my damn name on the field. How much I got to pay to take it off? Fat boy. You ain't running this deposition, fat boy. <laughs> so I think our so answer, I think, is, is E. Joe Jamel. Hi, this is Dan, a.k.a. Spencer's Annoying Neighbor. Uh the question I have is, based on the fact that New York has now introduced us to Chick-fil-A, the joys of learning through hip-hop musicals, and now is going to fix barbecue for all of us slack-jawed yokels, what else can New York fix for the rest of the country? 
Thanks. I'm going to hang up and listen. This one is actually quite easy. Um, Jason, do you enjoy house cleaning? Do you enjoy doing errands around your house? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, without, I, I don't want to get into specifics here, but can you give me a, like a rough square footage of your home? No, I'm not smart enough for that. It's, um, it's, 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 it's largish, I guess. How, how many, how many bedrooms are we talking? Uh, four. Okay, great. So you're doing fine. Now, you know what would make your life a lot easier, house cleaning wise? Let's say we shrink that to two bedrooms, all right? Okay. Let's, Let's say see. we take however many bathrooms you have. Let's just take it to one. Now you're thinking, yeah, but what if I want to live in a bigger place? What if I want more room for me and my family and friends and guests and whatever? Now, let's say that you can't afford it. That's the, what New York has solved. If you have to live in a small, miserable closet, it's easy to clean. And you can't afford anything else, so it really doesn't matter if you want something bigger and better. I just saved you, uh, I don't know, probably a week, a year total in vacuuming, mopping, cleaning up. You're welcome. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, with all that time, I'm going to try out some of this barbecue stuff y'all got going on. It's probably not for you. You're probably not ready for it. Yeah, uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say rats. I don't have enough rats in my life. I thought New York could help with that. Do you want the rats to be super intelligent and large? Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Cool. Hi, this is Nigel from Philadelphia. When Brett Bielema rolled out the barge about five years ago, it was pretty much the sexiest thing many of us had ever seen. But it really hasn't made a long-term impact. Is the formation fatally flawed, or are there tweaks that uh, Chris? Bielema, or now Matt Canada at LSU, can make to uh, make the barge great again. Thanks. No, it is perfect. It is not flawed. No formation with that amount of linemen and sheer ass can be flawed. It's just a matter of execution. There, I'm a coach. Jeez, that was that was a SEC Media Days response. This is Jason in Columbus, and my question is, what have we done wrong as a society uh, to result in the fact that the only football program in the country to have never had a down period is Ohio State. And what can we do as a society to correct that so that they can suffer like the rest of us? Thank you. This is I, I disagree with this premise wholeheartedly. Because yeah, okay. s- since 2000, there is only one team that's won more games than Ohio State. Oklahoma has won as many. Boise State has won more, but with the obvious caveat that they weren't playing in a power conference at that point. Ohio State has won 17 more games in Alabama since 2000. They have won almost 30 games more than Florida. They've won more games in Texas and Clemson and Auburn. How many national championships has Ohio State won in the last 16 years? One. Two. They've won two. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, listen, Miami, I still got you. Uh, I will, I'll, I'll never acknowledge it. Miami won shit. This is, this is not for lack of opportunity, though. This is not for lack of access to the national championship game. So while most of us sit around and piss and moan that our team went 7-5 and five or 4-8 and eight or 9-3 and three or whatever, Ohio State has had so many – you think Ohio State hasn't had down years? They went undefeated and couldn't play in the goddamn national championship game. Why? We've covered this before, Spencer. Happy. <laughs> yes. God damn it. Ohio State could not play in the national championship game because they chose to play in what instead? Oh, oh, that would be the tax the taxslayer.com bowl, which no, no, no. I was uh, no, this was leading into my joke that I was like threading out to the end because for context, Spencer is not paying attention right now because he's looking at a Wikipedia page for something called Affair of the Dancing Llama. I've had that open for weeks. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's relevant. Watch watch how he ties this in. No, but it, it would take me, you don't want to go on the tangent that would tie in the Affair of the Dancing Llamas to this. Okay, I'm going to go straight for the jugular. Ohio State did that so they could play in the TaxLayer.com Bowl, which was in a crap year for them that was capped by giving who... A bowl victory. That'd be Will Muschamp. They lost to a Will Muschamp team. So when you say sorry, when you say they don't have down periods, don't make me do that. <laughs> so wait, Will Muschamp's the good coach, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He is. He's he's the best coach. Some would say. 
he has been he has been the coach of two different teams, John. <laughs> can we oh, send yeah. John? Can we send John to SEC Media Days? <laughs> We're good this year. Let's do it this year. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Nobody wants to go at this point. I'll go with him. John from Espionation here. Um, I only request that John, I, I, I don't, this is not because I'm ashamed of John, but I would rather uh, than identifying himself as Espionation, please use a huge dog. <laughs> John from a huge what about dog. John? Hey, my name's John. Hi, I'm John. <laughs> hey, I'm John. Coach I'm Jones. John. Because Where are you from? Have- Hey, this is uh, Reed Meyer, uh, screen name Cock D. I'm not sure if it's too late for the podcast, but if it isn't, um, my request for the uh, charity hotline would be uh, just to expound on any of your um, experiences with Yinzers. Uh, they're an amusing creature. I'd talk about them a little bit if you wouldn't mind. And uh, if you can work in a shout-out to Nick Piesco, noted UF alum, that would also be awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Do you know who's from Pittsburgh? No, go on. Jeff Goldblum. Huh. Now, now think about how how bizarre his affectation is when he's acting. His sort of like, yes, and the um uh how do you say uh the whipped cream and the uh the chopped peanuts. Yep, yeah, mm, delicious, delicious. And I think that's because he's using all of his energy and effort to not sound like a Yinzer. He's pausing so he doesn't say. Uh, uh, you, 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 you go to the store. The store. Uh, uh, all of you can uh, uh, put uh, something other than uh, French, French, uh, French fries on your um, your bread, your bread meat piece. Could Thank I, you. Could I have some mustard and so and so on? He's just trying not to say gerb. <laughs> like, they're the only people. South Park, South Park joked about it, but they're the only people in the United States who I have honestly, with a straight face, heard. Yeah, he's got a good germ. Wait, this feels like a backdoor question in this in this week of weeks for us to talk about hockey. Yeah. Ooh, easy. Man. It, it, abort. Eject. Great. Now I'm picturing picturing Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park wearing a penguin's jacket. So thanks. I don't know how you say anything, but like if it came I mean, out, it would be like. McDormand is also from Pittsburgh. You throw you throw a Kurt fish, a cat fish, Kurt Kurt fish, a Kurt Kurt fish. Like when you hear like Elvish spoken, it does <laughs> different in some respects. By the way, people from Pittsburgh generally funny. I, I generally think people from Pennsylvania are funny because they understand that like everything is crap humor. No, people from Philly know that life is horrible, so they're very funny. Um. And like they're funny. Pittsburgh also fairly funny. A lot of my favorite tweeters from the like Philly Pittsburgh area. Am I ever going to visit them? No, because I I don't I don't think it's necessary to go to Pennsylvania. And they would understand that. And I appreciate that. So I have generally positive experience with the Yinzers, including Dave Wanset, who though he brought you know moderate joy and mostly sorrow to Pitt fans, was extremely entertaining. Hey guys, this is Hamilton, and I donated on behalf of the schizophrenically named Washington University in St. Louis. First-time caller, long-time listener. First off, I just wanted to thank you all for putting on the charity guys. Great work. Looking forward to doing it again next year. Then I wanted to bring up 12 years ago, Emory created a Department of War to create a rivalry with WashU and went so far as to vandalize parts of the WashU campus and commit a false flag operation on their own. So, first one. Why the hell have Texas A&M not initiated Operation Jade Helm 2? Second, what are we looking at for escalation if they do? Thank y'all. I'll hang up and listen. So in 2005, Emory had a student group that decided to vandalize WashU in St. Louis, um, but also vandalize their own campus to make it look like WashU had done that to them. Um, They were felled because... It seems that they emailed each other on their student government email accounts, including one person who said, I don't want any of this shit published in the paper. That was, in fact, published in a student <laughs> newspaper. So, yeah, it's it, this this rivalry did not really catch on 
at all. But the the larger question here is if Emery can try to uh, get Wash U into a fight, why? What is taking Texas A and M so long to just strike out against Texas at this point? Um, I can't say that that's not happening right now. I, I would just say this: one explanation nobody's trotted out or ails Texas has been ailing Texas for this last, say, four to five years of its administration. No one has said, and I, and I would put the whole thing in quotes, a vast conspiracy by Texas A&M. So I'm not saying that it hasn't already happened. Do you think the Aggies get to five wins and then say, hmm, I guess we better divert more of our energies to, to sabotaging Texas <laughs> and then realize, whoops, we've diverted a little too much. I mean, you can't spell false flag without ag, right? Chad. <laughs> yeah, my name is Chad, and my wife is from Bangladesh, and I was wondering what you guys thought was a good amount of Bangladeshi to learn to speak, or if I should just mumble my way through interactions and use hand gestures as I currently do. For a point of clarification, <laughs> he added that his wife immigrated to the United States when she was seven, so she speaks English very well, and so does her brother. Her mom, so-so, some of her aunts kind of can. Kind, so this is mostly a extended family issue. Um, I think this is actually pretty easy because they don't care what you have to say. So you have to, you really only have one question to answer. How, how badly do you want to know the shit they're talking about you? If you would rather live in ignorance, continue to speak almost none of this language and just sort of gesture meaninglessly. If you want to know what they're, th- what they think about you, learn the language. Now, you should know this is what kept Les Miles so happy and upbeat throughout even the end of his tenure at LSU is he had such a weak grasp of the English language that when somebody said something negative about him in the press, he had no idea what they were talking about. He had no concept of failure or disappointment. None of these words meant a damn thing to him. It was a shield. Yeah, that's your answer. Don't learn. You don't want to know. Most, most people... Most people in life are haters. You think that stops at the border of the United States? No way, man. You, you want to international haters? Your muffs. That's not known the language. Hi, guys. This is Chaco Taco. Question. Which, team, which Power 5 team will end up firing their coach only to accidentally win the Skip Holtz lottery? Thanks, Go Dogs. Mm. Oh, no. Who? Who? Oh, no. Who going to make that mistake, yo? Texas Tech. <laughs> now, hold on. Hold on. When, yeah. Remind me, Spencer. Remind me where is Skip Holtz right now? Louisiana Tech. And when you succeed at Louisiana Tech, um, there's kind of like a feeder school relationship. Who's that with again? Nope. Um, I believe nope. that'd be the University of Tennessee. Nope. Nope. Wh- why? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Listen, after firing, after firing Butch Jones, you need somebody who's stable who understands how to rebuild the program. She's sitting right next to me. She's going to fucking stab me. So this is coming. I'm just going to stop. The joke hold, on, hold on. Hold, hold on. Though. Hold on, though. Holly, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine this no. podcast, this podcast no. after no. Florida has lost to Tennessee coached by Skip Holtz. Oh! <laughs> well, you know, Skip Holtz is the son of... Holtz, that's not like, true hey why do you why do you say things you don't know we just made that well, shit up i saw well i saw him on tv i just assume everyone on oh TV oh i'm sorry you think johnny cage and nick cage are brothers yeah, yeah. that's that's extended universe lore ryan <laughs> i'm still waiting for the obvious answer you know who they you know who their father is by the way john cage uh doug who's the obvious answer notre dame Oh God! Oh, oh, oh no! Too oh, perfect. No, no that Too might perfect. that might actually happen. No, oh, God. He he runs a clean program. Things are really good for us. Let's go get another Holtz. God, I feel like I feel like if that happens somewhere in in like an Egyptian pyramid, a door will open and pestilence will start pouring out. <laughs> I mean, we, it, can, it can get here just any time now. Uh, opening press conference is just Skip Holtz, open mouth, bees, fly out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know what? It's better. It's still better than Kelly. I regret nothing. You're already dead. <laughs> <laughs>
He's a lot nicer than the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> the player, the players like him better. Oh god, this is gonna start a bidding war. That's fine. That's fine. Tennessee will definitely not get him then. Thank you. (laughs) What if we okay, guys, hear me out. What if we just fired Butch Jones and just didn't replace him? Sure. The crowd the crowdsourced one? It's fine. I mean, isn't that what happened after Lane Kiffin left? No, no, what if we just didn't put any structure in place at all? And just, yeah, exactly. Just let it mm. let it be. No, so, no, so, you, so you're saying no. we're going to use Tennessee football to examine the tragedy of the commons in college football. I will tell you, I will tell you as an expert in wildlife management, if you leave an office like that unoccupied and you don't have a fresh human scent in it, Houston well, nut settles in it no matter get, of day. That's how you get John L. Smith, Holly. <laughs> I thought you were going someplace much more entertaining, which is head coach Giant Raccoon. <laughs> Yeah, he said Houston Nut. Imagine a raccoon washing like just like a tray of championship rings, just one after the other. The, the, what I what I really like about the raccoon coaching Tennessee is that um, during sideline during pregame interviews, the opposing coaches will still have to say respectful things about it. Well, yeah, you know. Rabbit raccoon barely chained to a Gatorade jug. Uh, he shows he he's brought something to that team. It's undeniable. Might be rabies, hard to say, but I got a lot of respect for him. No, Coach O, put down Tennessee's head coach. He's not food. And the, coach, the funniest thing will be the, up, the upsets when the coach has to say, "Yeah, man, just rabbit raccoon just game planned all over us. No, he just wanted it more." Here's where we get it. Who wants things more? Than a rabid raccoon wants things. Fucking nobody. Yeah, no. that's right. Who has more heart than a raccoon? <clears throat> you will never want it more than a raccoon that wants the shiny thing. I mean, I think you just made the pitch for that as Butch Jones' next uh, slogan. Well, you know, I just want our players to understand what it means to be tenacious. And also, it's important <laughs> to turn garbage into food. That's what we do here at Tennessee Athletics. Garbage is our food. Hashtag. Just, we make compost in our tummies. <laughs> Garbage and time to tasty bits. It's like if you bred if you bred Wario with Bowser, but then like Bowser, get back. You know I was going somewhere with this, but it can't possibly. No, no. There we go. Just put it in the wall. I think that's a bad time for Wario. And last question number seventeen. Oh my god! I just realized we all have terrible coaches right now. It's so bad. John's a Chiefs fan. He doesn't even know what a coach is. <laughs> uh, John, thinks, John thinks a coach is Santa in his off season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you got coaches, you got mall coaches. I think what, last year um, um, Baylor had a mall coach, right? That's true. Oh, they did. Oh, my God. Don't tell mom the interim coach is dead. Hey, yo, what's up? This is John from Philly. What's the best and worst concert you've ever been to? Keep up the good work, boys. I mean, I know the best. It was the I, when Outkast did their reunion tour. I saw them three times, and the first one was the best. It was out in a fucking horse track, like an hour outside Atlanta in the mud. Um, as for worst, I don't know. I don't. Wh- who? I don't. I don't know. I don't, why would you go to a bad concert? Oh, oh no, I have been to a bad concert. Does a does a guy playing guitar and singing during brunch? You don't really want to be there. Does that no, count as a concert? A concert no, but Hol- but Holly married you all the same, Doug. I did. Let's see. This I have the like- I have the voice of an angel. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. Please don't sing Holiday <laughs> Wait, Road again. Back to talk about Brooks. The best concert I've ever been to is Doug Brooks. Everyone on this planet should pay money to go see Garth Brooks. Man climb a ladder? <laughs> he climbed a goddamn ladder, all right? And saying, ain't going down until the sun goes up. It was a ladder match. He went all the way up. He sang, ain't going down until the sun goes up. Didn't get out of breath. He was like the best conditioned fat man I have seen since, like, uh, like God, I'm trying to think of a defensive lineman. Dontari Poe. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He Dontari Poe level conditioning, right? And like Dontari Poe, versatile, all right? He can catch. He can throw. He can sing. He can climb a ladder. He's Garth Brooks, the Don Terry Poe of country singers. Honestly, best show I've ever seen, hands down, unquestionably, was Garth Brooks. I hope you're about to say that the worst is Chris Gaines. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I can tell you the worst show because, like, it made me want to fall asleep. Uh, it made me want to fall asleep real bad. When I was uh, much younger, I went to see, uh, of all people, I went to see the Spin Doctors. Now, how did I get? <laughs> Whoo! You old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was very young, and I got free tickets. And that they're free; they have no value. You don't have to do anything with them, right? They could just sit on your shelf, and they're doing the same thing for you as if you actually use them. Uh, nope. Instead, I went to see the Spin Doctors <clears throat> with with Screaming Trees. And Soul Asylum. I will tell you, all three, all three of those bands live, unalloyed crap. Just, just crap. That's the most '90s sentence I've ever heard. It was so painful. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask your wife to send me a picture of you from this exact time in history. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. This might have been the time when my hair was so long I borrowed her scrunchies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a man bun before man buns were cool. Um, I did see Hollow Notes, and Hollow Notes were okay until they got tired. <laughs> they got like oh, I got tired. I will also put on list of best comedy. No lie, uh, I did see Beyonce, and Beyonce's opener was DJ Khaled, and all DJ Khaled did was open his phone and call everyone he knew in Atlanta, and they all came up and did one song with like no prep whatsoever, and uh, that was pretty awesome because everyone showed up. Like Young Thug was there, Future was there, Two Chains was there. When Two Chains showed up, I didn't realize Two Chains has energy. He actually will get excited about things. I thought he just wrapped like lying in a back to tank. So uh, six months or so ago, three of the people on this podcast saw the Queen Dolly Parton at the Hollywood Bowl, Word. which was a transcendent experience. Is somebody moving or dying? <laughs> yeah, I, I assumed I assumed Jason was playing Zelda and was low on health. <laughs> I might be. Are you doing a magic trick, John? What is happening? Are we being pranked? He said, like, wait, and then just left. I mean, they're still connected, but that doesn't mean that they're not just lazy. I think they left. This is going to be, like, the last track on the album that is after, like, 17 minutes of silence. Right. God damn it, I hate this podcast. Wow, we got owned. <laughs>